happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to The Laverne Cox Show, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello, my name is Laverne Cox and welcome to The Laverne Cox Show. Okay. <laughs> I this is I this is this is going to be weird and hard to talk about um, today, but I think it's important. And I've been thinking a lot about um, how I want to approach these diary entries, and I want it to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is still really hard for me. Um, Brene Brown defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And I want to challenge myself to talk about things that I don't talk about publicly a lot. As much as I've shared, I think there's some things that should be private, particularly as a trans woman, because um, my humanity as a trans woman and the humanity of my trans siblings is always sort of called into question. Um, and so I feel like I have to be really careful as a public figure who's trans to not overshare and to not put things into public discourse that I don't want in public discourse and that I think will undermine my humanity and the humanity of my community. With all of that in mind, I'm going to attempt to talk about my body. I mean, there's so many reasons why I want to do this, but earlier I was working out. Working out is like so fraught for me. I hate working out. There's a fitness room in my building here in New York. And during the pandemic, the fitness room was closed because, you know, pandemic. And so I started working out in my apartment. I got some free weights and I started working out at home. And I have continued that. And at this point, working out for me as a 51 year old woman is really about mobility mental health. I find I have more energy when I work out. So working out is like about overall health, well-being and endorphin release, all that good stuff. So I'm trying to work out more consistently, but it's, you know, I'm not, I'm doing it imperfectly. And I've had personal trainers before, mostly a disaster. I will say 
it's kind of better for me to just do it on my own. So anyway, after my workout, (laughs) after my workout, I was standing in my underwear in the bathroom, moisturizing, and I looked at my body and I was like, oh, nice. (laughs) I was like, nice. I like, I I was like, I like my body. It was interesting because I've gone through phases in my life. You know, there were different milestones in my medical transition. And when I say medical transition, I started taking hormone replacement therapy in 1998. So that would be 25 years ago. And so over the years, there have been different sort of milestones in my medical transition where I've been living for myself. And I've, you know, gone out and been half naked and just frolicking around on the streets of New York. And like right now, I'm like, I really genuinely like my body. I was looking at it and I was like, I really like this. But it's not like, I'm not like in this place of like, I'm living and I want to like get on the gram and like show off. It's more of a relief. (laughs) It's more of like, (sighs) there's so many different lenses that it is a relief to look at my body and be happy. There is the lens of being a trans woman and the gender journey that I've been on integrated in terms of my gender, like my body matching my gender identity. So that's one piece. Part of it's like, okay, when I was younger, I just picked myself apart and I couldn't see the beauty in things. But there were places I wanted to get in terms of like my feminizing journey that I feel like I'm there now in terms of my own standards, right? Like I... um. I was on Instagram and I was scrolling and like I did post a bikini video on the gram and the comments on my page were overwhelmingly positive and I've cultivated a community on my own social media channels that's so affirming and so positive and so beautiful where people were telling me how beautiful I was, how beautiful my body looked. And that was, that's lovely. You know, I've learned to like try to take that in, but not like allow my sense of self-worth or self-esteem to be overdetermined by how other people see my body because for years people were telling me I was beautiful and I couldn't see it or feel it. So it's really about how I feel about myself. So the video is posted on this blog, this very urban blog, a black blog, and the comment section was transphobic AF. I read a few of the comments and people were sort of saying how masculine I looked looking more masculine as I get older. And then I stopped reading the comments. And I mean, this is not new. (laughs) This is not new as a trans woman. This is not new for me. But I've I've obviously thought about it. This was probably five days ago or so. And I'm still thinking about it. So it's like, okay, when I read things like that, I have to remind myself that trans is beautiful. When I say trans is beautiful, I started the hashtag trans is beautiful in 2015. Oh my God, it's been eight years since we started trans is beautiful. And I started that hashtag as a way to remind me and other trans people that we're not beautiful, despite the things that make us noticeably trans, but that we're beautiful because of those things. I could look at other trans people who were visibly trans and see their beauty and I couldn't see it in myself. And so in these moments when people are saying how masculine I look online, I'm like, well, trans is beautiful. Like, I think what does happen for me 
when I see comments like that, it doesn't affect how I think about myself, but it, it affects how I think about myself in the marketplace, the beauty marketplace, because we live in a culture, you know, where beauty is capital. We um, talked about that on the first season of the Laverne Cox Show with the brilliant Kimberly Foster. So even though I'm like kind of living for myself right now in a very sort of relieved way, it's not like a boasting way. It's just like a relief that I like my body right now. But then I'm like, oh, in the marketplace, like there are people who think I look masculine. So maybe like I'm not getting a job or an opportunity because I look too masculine. And then there's like so many younger trans women out there who maybe were able to like not go through a puberty that would masculinize them like I I did. So those thoughts come into my brain. Then I have to check myself. I'm like, well, that's scarcity thinking and there's room for everyone. And you're doing just fine, Laverne. (laughs) You're very busy. You're working. And so the different lenses, as I was thinking about liking my body, right? I was thinking about it through the lens of gender identity. I'm like, I like my body in relationship to my transition and the feminizing that has happened to my body over the past 25 years. I like my body in relationship to my weight. When you're a public figure and you talk about your weight or losing weight or gaining weight, that gets clicks, right? People are like obsessed. In the last season of my podcast, I had a great conversation with Virgie Tovar about fat phobia. And the thing that stuck with me in that book that she wrote, You Have the Right to Remain Fat, is that we live in a culture where we exist in one of two categories. Either we live with the bigotry of a fat phobic culture because we're fat, or we live in a fear of the bigotry that comes with a fat phobic culture. And for me, what I will say about my weight is that as I got older, it became an issue. When I was, before I turned 39, 40, I was basically skinny and could eat whatever I wanted and didn't have to think about my weight. And then as I got older, I gained weight. Um, And this is not unusual. So like weight gain for me is like tied to like getting older. And so like there's my internalized fat phobia. There's my internalized ageism that collide when it comes to my weight. Um, and it's interesting, like, you know, when I lost weight, like a few years ago, I wasn't actually the healthiest. There were some things going on with my health um, that caused me to lose weight. And it was really interesting watching the world kind of validate this smaller body that was actually not healthy. And that was deep to me. And um, it continues to be deep to me. But I, I, you know, I didn't have my breakout moment till I was over 40. So I've like had this weight fluctuation thing since I've been in the public eye. And I um, think about um, the 11 Honoré fashion show that I walked in, what was it, 20, um, 2019, and it was fall 2019 for New York Fashion Week. 11 Honoré is a company that um, caters to the plus size market, right? And I closed the um, show. And at the time, I would think I was a size 10. I've been anywhere from like, I fluctuated probably from a size 8 to like a 12, 14. I think there was a period when I was like close to a 14. And so as my weight has fluctuated, I've had to really work to look in the mirror and embrace and be happy. But it's so much harder for me to look in the mirror when I'm heavier and love what I see than it is when I'm a little lighter and to love what I see like I am now. That's my internalized fat phobia. That's my scarcity thinking around aging. It's this fear around desirability, 
being marketable. That's also linked to internalized misogyny, internalized sexism, all this stuff, right? And then there's the lens of white supremacy and anti-Blackness, right? So I'm a trans woman, I'm a woman over 50, (laughs) and I'm a Black woman. And we live in a culture that is that I contend is anti-Black, that a lot of folks would agree is anti-Black and is white supremacist and that colorism is real and the closer to whiteness one appears, the more cultural currency they have, the more beautiful one is often considered. You know, it's something I'm critical of, but it's so tricky for me with my, I'm like sitting here in my blonde wig right now. And I, Bell Hooks was so critical of me and my blonde hair. Um, and very critical of like black women with blonde hair. Anyway, when I went blonde for the first time in the nineties, me being blonde was tied to like what I thought was a softening of my features in terms of femininity. I'm a, I'm a trans woman who has not had facial surgery because um, there is a connection between like historically the femininity of black women is something that's been disavowed and denigrated. So I'm like, is that, you know, internalized misogynoir, white supremacy, or is it just like, I think blonde hair softens my features as a trans woman. And I still think that lighter hair kind of reads better on camera in terms of how it picks up the light. So I don't know. I do, but I do think that like, I just like being blonde and is that, I mean, And I can unpack that and I could be like, is there an anti-Blackness thing there that I've internalized? Or is it just aesthetically, I think I look better, (laughs) even though I'm a Black woman? Um, So that's an interesting question. And I'm sure um, people listening to this will have lots of thoughts (laughs) when we think about colorism and anti-Blackness and white supremacy. Folks have a lot of opinions online about all of that. This is a good time to take a little break. We'll be right back, though. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education that empowers communities trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, we're back. 
So it's more of a relief to be this age and to look at my body half naked and like it through the lens of my transness, through the lens of my blackness, through the lens of my internalized like fat phobia and ageism, to look at my body and just be like, cool, awesome, great. And some of it is about how my transition has gone. Healthcare has been life-saving for me so that there is a relationship between access to gender-affirming care that like has me at this stage in my life loving my body. And then in terms of like my Blackness, that's just been about acceptance. All of these too, honestly, have also been about acceptance. It's interesting. Estrogen is really wonderful. <laughs> estrogen is cool. Um, and testosterone is evil for me anyway, evil in my body. So I'm like, you know, I love what estrogen has done to my body. And like, even though I have the same features, um, looking at my face over the years, I was looking at old pictures of me with my makeup artist, Deja. And it was just like, it's the same face, but things are just kind of softer now. It's interesting and it's fascinating. And there was a point in my life when I wanted to have a full facial feminization situation. So I, and again, like even talking about surgery in this way, I'm skeptical of, and I've been very consistent since I've had a public platform that talking about surgery and transition for trans people publicly, our stories are often reduced to that and that it's dehumanizing because it objectifies us. A lot of times people just assume that being trans is all about surgery. I tend to talk about surgeries I haven't had, you know, and the, the trans community knows all the different surgeries that like encompass a full facial feminization. I wanted all of them because I was, you know, walking down the street and still being read as trans, and that was frustrating for me. And I thought, like, if I got facial feminization, I'd be able to, like, move through the world with less harassment. I mean, that's really what that was about for me. Part of it may have been chasing some sort of sense of perfectionism or being accepted more in my, in my womanhood. Luckily, I didn't have the money at the time for facial feminization. And then something shifted in terms of my transition process and the feminizing process of estrogen over the years. Something shifted around me feeling good about myself and honestly being affirmed when Orange is New Black happened. There was a level of affirmation that I was getting from the public that shifted things for me because of my job and the platform I have, that there's a level of affirmation that I get as a Black trans woman that most Black trans women do not get. And that has been transformative for me. So it is beautiful to be affirmed. But at the end of the day, it's not, it's still not enough to like feel good about yourself, to have other people tell you that you're beautiful because I've always found things about myself that I don't like. I could pick myself apart like nobody's business. So everything I've done in terms of affirming my gender medically, I felt has been necessary. Nothing has been cosmetic for me. It's all been necessary, but I am more than my body and trans people are more than our bodies. Another thing I wanted to say, and I was talking to my friend Our Lady J about this. Huh, I, you know, I used to have this belief, and still, part of me still does. You know, I'm like, I'm old school. That like 
early transition trans people should not be on TV or in the public eye. And the internet has just changed all that. You know, I just think about me in early transition. I just was a mess. And that's okay. We have a right to be messy in our lives, to figure ourselves out. But like so often, like trans people are sort of made to speak for the entire community or like we are held up as like when we're public figures to like sort of represent the whole community and that's not fair. But we should have a space to be able to be messy and to be imperfect. But the stakes just get really high in a really anti-trans world and it's like deeply anti-trans right now. So that's part of why I think, you know, have thought that, but then the, that ship is sailed. There are lots of trans folks who document their transitions online. And I think that's a wonderful resource for other trans people. If you're not trans, it's like kind of weird, you know, I think it is what it is, though. Some trans people just want to publicly document that and, that, and that should be okay. We just have, like, we just live in a really transphobic world that, like, wants to dehumanize us. So it's like the piece around having a conversation about my body today is like, how do I do it in a way? And I hope that I've been able to have a conversation about my body that doesn't dehumanize me and other trans people. Our bodies matter. Paraphrasing Judith Butler and that iconic book from the 90s. And like, when I say my body, I mean, I'm talking about my nervous system. I'm talking about my skin, my nails, my secondary sexual characteristics, my energy levels, my cortisol release, um, my adrenaline, my thoughts are a part of my body. All those things matter and access to healthcare <laughs> to take care of these bodies. As you get older, as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh my God, it's so important to like take care of this body, you know, if I want to be around for a while. So this body matters, but it's not the sum total of everything that I am. Yeah, I, I'm grateful that um, I'm digging my body today. I just wonder about if I were white, what my relationship to my body and like my whiteness would be. Would I be able to look at like the privileges that being white in culture would afford me? Would I be able to look at that? And then I also think about aging and like being black and how wonderful, <laughs> how wonderful it is aging as an African-American. Like, I think that's, it's been really dope for me. I love being black. I'm uh, in 50 and like, you know, thank you, Melanin. Uh <laughs> And I like to end every podcast with the question, what else is true? Oh my gosh. And for me today, what else is true? The thing that gets me through the resource that I have. <laughs> I have um, Afton Terry Mugler arriving today that I'm excited about. I have a weekend planned with my boyfriend that I'm really excited about. I'm excited about life outside of work, outside of, you know, accomplishments. And I've defined myself a lot historically about like outside markers of success. And what else is true for me today is that like, I'm just really excited to like play dress up for myself and to see my boyfriend and spend quality time with him and to have a life outside of work and not be overly defined by like my job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
I hope I've been able to have this conversation about my body, the various lenses that I see my body through, that the world sees my body through in a way that is humanizing. And so, yeah, Laverne's diary entry, Laverne's thoughts. <laughs> thoughts about my body. And I hope that this conversation inspires everyone out there to think about their relationship to their bodies in relationship to fat phobia, racism, anti-blackness, colorism, you know. Are there ways for us to talk about our bodies, particularly as trans people? And I think it's really about the lens, right? I can do this on this podcast and frame it in a certain way because, you know, I'm not being filtered through some other cisgender gaze or a patriarchal gaze or white supremacist gaze. I'm hopefully decentering those ways of looking. And I think that's really what it's about, decentering those ways of seeing ourselves and each other. And then we can have conversations that think about our bodies. Um, so yeah, something to think about. <laughs> Seeing ourselves through non-colonized eyes, or, you know, as much as we can, right? Um, as much as I can. Etc., etc., etc. That's what it's about, I think. And then hopefully we can look in the mirror and all see the beauty that we possess in all of our bodies. Because our bodies are not an apology and our bodies matter. And they are beautiful. They are beautiful. Thank you for listening to The Laverne Cox Show. Please like, subscribe, and tell everybody you know about this podcast. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Laverne Cox, and on Facebook at Laverne Cox for real. Until next time, stay in the love. The Laverne Cox Show is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs> 